you'll turn with me to Mark's Gospel, the 10th chapter. Come down to verse 35. We're talking about, in this service, serving others. We'll see that in this text. Beginning at verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink? or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, They became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray. Now, Father, that you would add your blessing to your word being preached, your word being heard and received, that it would be a great blessing to us individually and corporately. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we're talking about serving others. The first thing that I would call our attention to is that great people serve others in Jesus' name. We see that in this text. Then, too, this is a gospel message that has been prepared by Mark and it's been prepared particularly for a church in Rome that's undergoing persecution. Mark's their pastor. So this letter is written to a church and the idea is that, well, a great church is going to be a church that serves its community in Jesus' name. Then the last thing we would say is that, well, great service allows others to see Jesus. Well, we changed the pulpit. Did any of you catch it? You did. Well, I I know you're not surprised, but I've got an improvement already. Does that surprise any of you? All I want just a minute, and I want to go home, get my little ta- tools out of my toolbox, bring it back. Now, you remember the other pulpit was here last week that's been here forever? You remember the old little pulpit? I want to go to that pulpit, and there's two little brad nails, and I just want to tap them out. And those brad nails hold a little plaque. And I want to bring that plaque, and I want to put it right here 
where it is on the other pulpit. That'll improve it. Now, you know what that little, little brass plate says? It says, sir, we would see Jesus. That would be an improvement. Because you see, when great people in great churches serve, then people see Jesus. And that's our goal. That people would see Jesus. Now as we look at this passage of scripture, the first thing that we want to see is that great people serve others in Jesus' name. As we look, we see Jesus, and he is going up to Jerusalem, and he is right on the threshold of entering into his passion. He's focused. You know, in one of the gospel passages, it says just in a, a few occasions before this, that Jesus set his forehead. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Jesus set his forehead to go up to Jerusalem. He's focused like a laser. And here we've got these two guys, and they show up. They're intruding. <laughs> Can't you see it? All of a sudden, Jesus is almost blindsided, torpedoed. These two guys, James and John, they come up to him and they just, in a very innocent way, you know, it's always best to catch somebody like this when they might be a little off their game. But Jesus isn't off his game. And they say to him, Master, we just want you to ask, ask you to do something for us. That's all. Well, Jesus says, what do you want? Well, we want to sit one on your right hand and one on your left hand when you come into your glory. What are these men seeking for themselves? They're seeking a great name for themselves. They're going to be greatly regarded because they're going to be in the position of being on the immediate right or left of Jesus when he comes into his glory. Wow. A lot of people looking for greatness. That seems to be a, a, a big way of looking at life right now. You see it all throughout our culture. People aspiring to or seeking to find greatness, a great life. Well, these men were no different. Now, to that, Jesus uses it as a means of correction and direction. Now, the next thing that happens here is this. Well, the congregation hears about it. So all of a sudden, you've got the rest of these disciples, and they've heard about James and John's request, and now all the congregation wants to take it out on the senior minister. And so they show up in force. They've heard, they are indignant. They are upset a bunch with James and John. Again, now it's a time for even more correction, more direction. They pulls them aside. You want greatness? Here's greatness. You become the slave of all. You serve other people. That's how you find greatness. Greatness in the kingdom gives a drink of water to the least of these in my name. Remembered forever greatness. And here, these men 
are given Jesus' example. What did Jesus do? He went around doing good. He went around touching people and bringing God closer to them, bringing them closer to God by his actual physical touch and service. You know, as we move on into the book of Acts, we see a number of memorable people that show up. One of these is the Lady Dorcas. And this woman lives down along the edge of the sea of uh, the Mediterranean Sea. And Peter's in a ministry down there, an evangelistic ministry. And in that area, he hears that, that Dorcas has died, and he's summoned to come to her. And, and they're urgent to have Peter come to Dorcas' side. She's just died. They're hoping for a miracle for her. But just as soon as, well, Peter gets into range of Dorcas, he's interrupted. He's got these people that want to tell him why. Why is this woman worthy of all of this? And they talk about the garment she has made, the things that she has done, and they list a whole litany of the ways that this woman has met the needs of the people in that community and in that church. She serves to us and to all women as a model of what it means to be involved in greatness. Here her name is recorded, and this great miracle is performed upon her. We get into the book of Acts, and we see the man Barnabas. Now, the first suffix of his name, Bar, means son, and then Nabus, encouragement. This man's name is the son of encouragement. And he went around the whole church, not merely in Jerusalem, but then later on across in the, the first missionary journey and beyond. And all he's doing is touching people directly and personally in Jesus' name. And in and through this man, these people are seeing Jesus. The deacons. Deacons in our church, the deacons in every church. What was their ministry? The first body of officers that was called forth in the church. They were waiters of tables. They were overseeing the distribution of the food amongst the Hellenistic widows that were in the church and the Jerusalem widows that were in the church. And they, they saw to this, and they had a great name. One of the first great names of the early church is one of these deacons, a man named Stephen. A great name as a result of great service. For you individually, for you personally, whether you're younger or whether you're older, if you would wish to serve Jesus Christ individually, intimately, and personally, the clearest and most direct way forward is for you to get involved in the personal needs of another person, either a person that is outside of Christ and needs to come to faith, or somebody that has already come to faith but is in need. In the, the most direct way you're going to find that you can serve Jesus Christ is to become a servant to that person. That is the way forward, and that is the way in Jesus' aspect and perspective 
that we will find greatness. Jesus says of himself, the Son of Man did not come to be served. The Son of Man came to serve. And in conducting himself this way, he is not merely a teacher, but he is an example for us in the way we should conduct our lives as individuals in the church of Jesus Christ. The second thing I would have us look at is that great churches serve their community in Jesus' name. Often we're misguided in our thinking. We think that if we would just become a church of numbers, a church of resources, we would become a church of influence in a church that could do good. One of my friends in the church here talks to me from time to time about things that are counterintuitive. But to be honest with you, what happens is that in most equations, just individual churches see community needs they begin to formulate a strategy. They take limited resources, human resources, financial resources, and they begin to bring those resources to bear on a particular community need. And it's through that that the community sees Jesus working in through these churches, and those churches attain to a level of greatness in God's sight and in the community's awareness. You think of the church that was Antioch. Now, if you look at that church of Antioch in the early part of the book of Acts, that church, well, first of all, that community, Antioch, most of you would not be aware, so this will give you a little bit to think about. Antioch was the third largest city in the Roman Empire. It was no, as they say in the scripture, no mean city. The Hellenistic Christians, those who had grown up outside of Jerusalem, gone to Jerusalem and had become converted to Christianity while in Jerusalem, were displaced by the persecution that came up during the time of Stephen, and they went out. And it was those Hellenistic Christians, well, what did they have? They had church connections, people that they knew that were in the faith, but because they were outside, they lived in the, the major cities of the Roman Empire, they had just as many friends outside the church, outside of Judaism. And they began to open the gospel to these people that were purely Gentile people. So these began to reach the Gentiles in Antioch, and Antioch becomes the first purely Gentile congregation. All right? It's not long after this when a prophet comes up from Jerusalem, down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and in his ministry in this church, he, this man Agabus says, there is going to come a worldwide famine. 
As soon as the Christians in Antioch, the believers in Antioch, heard of this, they began to take up a collection for the saints back in Jerusalem. These Gentiles are giving sacrificially for the Christian people that are poor in Jerusalem. Now, I've just given you the first purely Gentile church. You remember what they say about that church? Believers were first called Christians in Antioch. Did God give them a great name? Because they were sacrificial in their service, in their community and outside of their community. Doesn't end there. This church in Antioch was gathered together in prayer. And in a time of corporate prayer, to this serving church, this resource church, the Holy Spirit came down and said, set apart for me for the ministry, Barnabas and Saul. And so this church that was Gentile, purely Gentile in its beginning, becomes the very first intentional, mission-minded church to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Prior to this, the missionary work that had been taken place happened fragmentally, accidentally, and now the mission work coming out of this church is going to be deliberative, it is going to be strategic, and it is going to be implemented with spiritual power. And from this, the whole Mediterranean world hears of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This was a small church with limited resources that gave itself to the needs of its own community and the communities abroad, and God made it great. We have opportunity here, and we need to take advantage of serving it. You know, our church has got a great reputation. People come to me and say, you first president Megan? Yeah was African Bible College, saw your name there on a plaque. Yeah, that's that church. Get to the General Assembly, missionaries come up and they say, you're first president, yeah, you've been supporting us for years and years and years. We've done a great job. We've done a great job with covenant care service. We've done a great job with First Presbyterian Day School. This church has done a great job in planning churches in this Presbyterian, outside of this Presbyterian. We're involved in planning this church, strong tower. But there's an opportunity for us now to meet the needs of the poor who are in our area. Weather Channel this morning, thought I'd just check it out, hoping for rain. What I got was, well, the news for the day. You know that the rich are getting richer They are, and the separation is becoming greater between us 
and the poor. And they need us. Third thing I'd want to say is serving others allows others to see Jesus. Jesus said, let your light shine that others may see your Father and see your works and glorify your Father in heaven. In Colossians 3, the Lord, or Paul says under the Holy Spirit, that we're to do our work heartily unto the Lord, not unto men. In Psalm 100, it's to serve the Lord with gladness and come before him with, present, with, with praises and with singing. But it's as we serve others that we see that others actually see Jesus in us. As they were out and doing these missionary works, Paul and Titus were uh, in a prison. There they were in Philippi. And in the middle of that night in prison, the Lord sent an earthquake. And that earthquake broke open the prison doors and the shackles of the prisoners that were chained. And the guard was there about to commit suicide, knowing the penalty for the loss of a prisoner. Paul and Barnabas just merely calls up to him and says, you know, we're all here. Don't do yourself any harm. He brings them out. It's not like other people. They didn't do like others would have done. And this whole family is converted. They see Jesus in these prisoners. On and on the story goes. We come to faith in Christ. We follow him. We serve him, and people see Jesus through our service. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would bless us and bless our service in this coming week. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to turn in your bulletin to the last page, and you'll see the hymn.